Welcome to the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous, Intentional Parenting, where two guys discuss and explore the challenges of parenting. They share their experiences, ideas, and perspectives as they search for ways to be better sons, husbands, and dads. Here are the hosts, Joseph Winkle and Taylor Greenhall. Good afternoon, Taylor. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Hannah. How are you? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Well, we're excited to be here together to have a chat today about parenting and fatherhood. As uh, we've, we're a few episodes in in this podcast, and of course, we're kind of finding our path along with you, our listeners. Uh, we've had some feedback, and what um, I've heard a lot of from a number of people is we love parenting as well. We like the stories, um, but we're really looking for more answers, parenting tips, like tell me something that's really going to help me address some of the issues I'm dealing with. And of course, that's tough because of course, neither of us are licensed therapists (laughs) or family specialists. We're fathers who love fatherhood and parenting and have constantly thinking about ways we can improve that. And our, our stories are based on our personal experiences and our thoughts and, and, and what we've learned from other great teachers, um, of course, um, you know, qualified individuals and, and just really other family uh, and fathers. So uh, today we wanted to talk about um, something that we have both seen be a benefit in our families, something that we've both instituted. And, uh, and Taylor was just talking to me about that just a few minutes ago, Taylor. So why don't you introduce yeah. the subject today? So this is something that is uh, pretty close to my heart as a parent and also as a professional in the work that I do as a speech therapist, and that's reading. And I think it's, it's a powerful tool for a parent to kind of, kind of an arrow, I guess, in your quiver that can be a huge benefit to your kids. And for us, for me, it kind of started, uh, I told the story of my son being in the NICU and, um, that's kind of where my love of reading with my children started because there were so many things that I couldn't do when I was, when my son was in the, in the hospital, you know, without some supervision, I couldn't pick him up. I couldn't feed him. I couldn't, you know, rock him to sleep or those kind of things without someone there to kind of supervise me. But one thing I could do is I could read to him. And, and so almost from the day that he was born, when I, I would go in every morning on my way to work, I would take a book with me and spend some time reading to my son. And that may have had more benefit for me at that time than it did for my son. I don't know how much stuck with him of what I was reading to him. But for me, it just felt like a normal thing to do as a parent. And one of the normal things I could do as a parent without asking a nurse for permission or or, or anything like that. But what it instilled in me was a love of reading to my children that I carried on with both of my children. Uh, My wife, my wife has as well is we read a lot to our kids. And now they're getting to the age where they're becoming pretty independent as readers themselves. So we don't spend as much time reading to them because they don't need us to. But um, it is fun to sit back and see how much they love reading. Kind of the excitement they get from spending time in a book. Yeah. Well, that, you know, it's interesting to me, as you say, seems like the natural thing to do and was, it was came to pat or, or just kind of came about. But I, I would think for a lot of people, the idea of reading to a newborn baby is not something they would normally think of because, of course, they're they're so small and young. 
So I just think that's interesting that to you, that was a very natural thing. Clearly the circumstances kind of said, well, this is one thing I can do that I've wanted to do. But personally, uh, based on you know many things I've read about um, fatherhood and the importance of of fathers, um, of course, the touch, um, just the difference of parents, different parents holding kids, mm-hmm. how brains and synapses work. And, you know, it's funny, you watch a mom and moms will rock kids 90% of the time. You'll see a mom rocking a kid even as they're standing. Fathers bounce kids. Yeah. It's just they are sitting there bouncing along. And, and these are just a small example of how um, children as they're growing and developing are getting two different things from two different people and reading, uh, hearing parents' voices um, is is an important part of development. And there's people who will read to a child in the womb, of course, I've read a lot about that, people doing that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's really, I think it's great that that's a natural thought to you. Um, I think to a lot of people, they'd be like, you're reading to a kid who can't even <laughs> understand well, words. They probably wouldn't think it's natural, but it doesn't mean, of course, people couldn't give that a go. Yeah, and I, and I should say I was kind of steered in that direction because of the job I had at the time my son was born. I was doing what's called early intervention. That's working with families of children from birth to three with special needs. So I study, I'm a speech therapist, so I've studied a lot about development of you know, physical development and also language, speech and language development. And something that a lot of people don't understand is as as babies, we start learning the language we're going to predominantly speak the moment we're born. We, a lot of people are surprised by that, but the reality is just because a, a newborn baby can't respond doesn't mean they're not absorbing all of this language that we're surrounding them with in their environment. And if you think about all of the things you do with a newborn child, there's bathing them, there's changing a diaper, there's feeding them, there's holding them, there's bouncing them on your knee. I bet if you put a camera in your house and kind of observed, if you know, if you have younger kids or newborn children, if you observed yourself doing all those things, it, it's kind of our natural instinct as parents to talk to our kids. I don't, while you're doing doing those things, I don't remember a time that I changed a diaper where I wasn't talking to my kids. To a lot of parents that I would talk to in in my job at that time, um, it was confusing to them. You know, they, you know, they wouldn't kind of wouldn't believe me or or say, well, yeah, it just is kind of the natural thing to do is to talk to your kids, even though they can't respond. And that's such a big deal for kids developmentally. And what reading does in my research is, is it, it kind of amplifies the amount of language that this child is hearing. And there's countless studies out there that say that kids who are read to from the moment they're newborns throughout their lives, they develop their language more quickly and have stronger language abilities when they get to school age. So um, not only is it fun, I thought it was really fun and it, it was a, it was a bonding experience for me and my kids, but there's also some real practical developmental benefits from from reading to your kids so that makes perfect sense to me that uh because i'm sure you're right and it's funny that even me thinking back again my youngest now is 10 was i talking while i was doing things well absolutely and i see it all the time with people and young children so yeah it makes sense that if we purposely are reading we're increasing the the volume of words and language they're being Mm -hmm. introduced to which would 
naturally help them develop language quicker. So that's a that's a great insight. I love that idea of just purposely deciding. Well, uh, I think there'd be you know some people who have known that, and there'd be plenty of people who have never uh, taken the thought to to read to their kids directly, or maybe at early in their life or later. Um, for us. Uh, we always grew up reading to our kids. My my wife uh, has her degree in elementary education and was a great teacher um, before we were able to have kids. And then she, she was a reading reading specialist. That was her her minor. And so yeah, she has always read to our kids. They've always had her reading daily to them. That's something she just enjoyed doing. What I thought was interesting is that when she was done my kids would get books and they'd ask me to read to them and i of course wasn't much of a reader so i'd be like oh i guess but then i found that uh, what my kids liked with me reading is i would just act everything out yeah. so i'd make up funny voices and though i wouldn't get to the volumes of books my wife would um our books were usually fun and entertaining yeah. and, and that's just kind of the nature of uh, me as a dad just kind of clown yeah. mom's legit dad's a clown <laughs> But in both circumstances, it's something that, that we have done with our kids. So, uh, so yeah, Taylor, tell me a little bit with your preteen kids, after having brought them up reading to them, what kind of benefits are you seeing from doing that? Well, I think the thing for my kids that is most important to me is that they, is my kids love reading. And... And I would love to take all the credit, but I can't because my wife is so dil uh, diligent in making sure that my kids are exposed to good books. If the library were struggling, we'd be keeping them in business, but I don't think they're struggling. <laughs> and it's just, uh, my wife is constantly returning books and sh we, we, we have a bag in our house that's full of library books that my kids, so my kids are constantly exposed to new books. I think it helps them. I think it helps them academically. I think it helps them socially. I thought it was interesting that you said that, that, uh, you know, a father and a mother may read differently to a child, but I think that's important because one of the benefits of, of, uh, re uh, of reading to your kids is they begin to understand different emotions. And I kind of, my theory is that we, they maybe get that from, hearing our voices animated or sad or excited or scared as we're, as we're kind of playing out these characters in the book. Um, but I'd say the biggest one for me is just that they love to read and there's so many benefits that come from that, whether it's academically or socially or, or emotionally, that it's fun for me to just see them. And they love telling us, Dad, this book has 10 chapters. I'm already on chapter three. And, and then they go back in their room and start reading, I'm on chapter four, you know, so they're always, proud to tell me what they're reading to talk about what they're reading so it's been fun so again there so there's a clear benefit sense of accomplishment there's few things i think that we can give to our kids um that are as much value as self-confidence but again you can't give self-confidence yeah what you as parents what we try is provide opportunities for kids to grow their confidence and, and probably a lot of people wouldn't think about reading as being one of those things, but from a very young age, a, a child, if they're able to read, um, can feel that confidence. I love your comment about the library. You know, it's funny because our kids are older now, but my wife has taken to our kids to the library for most of their lives. That was the thing we would do. Like right now, we're in Southern Utah. It's the summer. 
it's crazy hot here. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things my wife would do to get the kids out of the house, because they're driving her crazy, take them to the library. They'd sometimes do story time, which my kids used to love story time. They'd have someone come in and read. Um, they'd always get their own books and they get to choose their books that they're reading. And, uh, and again, this probably sounds really idealistic, yeah. you know, oh, we're going to the library doing this, but it, it is interesting, you know, cause I have seven children and three that have been voracious readers in their lives. And then four that don't care to read, you know, they've been read to their whole lives. They got books from the library when we would do that, but which is not inclined towards reading. Yeah. So I think it's just important to, to put it out there because I'm sure people listening are in every circumstance with their kids and their learning. Um, and again, our, our thoughts here, are, what are the benefits of, of just reading to your kids? And so one thing I just want to say about that is even my kids now, and we're talking teenagers that don't read for themselves. In fact, even some of my big readers have stopped reading now that they're older, you know, 17, 18. They are doing what everyone else is doing. They like YouTube. They like working on things. But one thing we've kept is a habit, and this would be, I guess, a parenting tip, is we do try to keep Sunday as a down day. We try to keep the TV off on Mm -hmm. Sunday. The kids can get a little bored. But what my wife will say is, well, I'm going to read and so she has a book that we're reading as a family, um, and she loves the classics. We've read a lot of uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder. And uh, so we'll sit, she'll read to them, and they will all do things while she reads. So they might draw, mm-hmm. they might uh, work on something. But what I found is interesting is that all my kids will come in for that, even the kids who would rather be doing something right. else. Because it's bringing back something very formative, mm-hmm. which is the sound of my wife's voice. Yeah. And there, of course, have been a lot of uh, studies ba- based on that. So that's just a, a thought. You may think, oh, my kids don't like to read, or I don't really like to read, but setting up a habit, or even uh, books on tape. We yeah. do that when we travel a lot. When you brought up something I, I wanted to expand on a little bit, and, and you have... Uh, you have older kids than I do. You have teenagers, so you might have more experience in this. But you're right. I'm I'm painting this this picture. Maybe that we just have this house where everyone's got a book at all times, and it's just <laughs> this blissful experience where we all read our books, and then we give our book reports, and then we move on to the next book. But it doesn't always work that way. And I think you know to to ask the opposite question that you've asked. What you know the benefits of it? What are the biggest challenges that I've seen? Is uh, and it's something I wanted to talk about is the screens in our lives because those are the, I would say those are the opposite of books. A book, a good book draws you in and keeps your attention. And I feel like a screen, even though people may want you to believe that they, they keep your attention just as well. I think they're designed to do the opposite. They kind of scatter your attention and you don't, you don't require too much brain power to be on a screen, but it's challenging because in this day and age, our whole life is on a screen. We have calendars on our phone. We have emails on our phone. We have, you know, obviously we have books contacts, on books on our phone. And I'm starting to notice that with my children is this, uh, this distraction, especially now at the summer, in the summertime, like you said, our kids are not in school. It's too hot once it gets past 10 in the morning to do anything outside. That is the sometimes the desired go-to when you're bored is, well, can I just watch TV or can I just watch a movie or can I play on the computer or, or something like that? And 
I, I don't know if you have experience in that or you said yeah. you have kids that like to you told me you have kids that maybe like to watch TV, especially during the summer. Yeah, well, I, I've been coming home. So we've, we're, we're a few weeks into summer now or about a month into summer, and, um, and it's hot. And so I come home from work and the TV's on. And yeah. we actually have a couple kids in summer school right now. So they've, they've gotten up. They've gone to swim team. So they've been active. They've gone to school. They've interacted with other kids. They've been learning. And now they're getting home at two, three in the afternoon and it's blazing hot and they've been busy. So they flip on the TV. Well, certainly I don't have a problem with that. With our, our kids and technology, we just kind of have limits on how much yeah. per day to try to keep them from being overwhelmed by it and addicted to it because yeah. uh, screen addiction is a huge problem. At the same time, I was just saying the other day, like, man, our kids don't stop. Like the TV goes off and we go, so they're logging. They've been logging in some long hours. Uh, it depends on the child. I have a thirteen-year-old uh, daughter who loves to read, so mm-hmm. she might watch a show or two, but then she'll go off in her room to get into her book because yeah. she's found great love in reading. I have a ten-year-old daughter who literally could sit and watch six hours straight of television, and she's an incredibly active person. But TV's just got her number. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think for us, books is actually an activity kids can do inside when it's hot that isn't screen time. And certainly there's plenty of information on the difference of what happens in our brains when we read compared to what happens in our brains when we're watching the screen. Yeah. And I found too that sometimes, and especially with my younger kids, it's, it's okay to remind my kids that they enjoy reading and kind of shuttle them shuttle them towards that path and like you said you know what's worked for my wife and me is number one setting up some some boundaries as far as okay you know a little bit of tv is okay but we're not going to spend the whole day watching tv the other thing i think is so interested interesting and i wanted to touch on this you reminded me of it with something you said but um is that our kids observe us all the time and more than we are aware. And so uh, for my wife and I, what's worked really well is keeping our screens as much as possible away from us. So um, I try to keep my phone in my room so that it's not there to distract me. Because if it's there, I get the, you know, I get the temptation to say, well, let me check my email real quick. Or I got a text message. I got to see what it is. And normally they're not emergencies. They're things that can wait. But I feel like if my kids see me all the time on my screen, um, that that's going to be what they're drawn to. And Absolutely. so there are some challenges that come with that. My wife works from home. So there are times that she has to be on her computer. So we make sure that we're both not on the computer at the same time. Finding activities that we can do inside that are fun and entertaining. And like you said, reading is one of those things. I've gotten into reading because I want my kids to see me reading. I have boys, I don't have any girls, but a lot of, a lot of what a boy gets from his father is a, a, an idea of how he's supposed to act when he becomes an adult. And so I want my kids to know that, that I read to them and it was a meaningful, fun experience in the hope that they'll do that when they're older and when they have kids. I want my kids to see me reading so that they'll continue to find activities that are, that are worthwhile and wholesome and and the, like I said, the big temptation is those screens. And I don't want my kids to see me constantly on my screen because number one, I don't want my kids to be doing that. And number two, it takes my attention away from them as well. And I, I'm much happier when my attention is with my kids. 
Well, I, I think, you know, that brings up something as parents we always need to be reminded of. And again, it's easy for us to beat ourselves up because we can clearly mm-hmm. see none of us are perfect. Right. This is a process of learning and struggle. But there's there's one law that is undoubtedly true with parenting is what we are doing speaks volumes more than what we say. Yeah. If, I, if we talk no screen times, and I'm totally guilty of this, we talk the screen time is bad and our kids see us on a screen all the time. And they're not going to listen to what right. we say. So I, I agree with that. One thought I have is just thinking about people who may be listening. Well, what happens if if you're not a reader as a parent? So I, I have a great friend, one of my best friends, and he's about uh, 13 years younger than me. And he grew up in a small town, and he was a phenomenal athlete. And he's just amazing at every sport. And in school... Um, because he was so good at sports, he kind of got a pass on some mm-hmm. of his academics. Uh, the, 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 his dad was also a coach there at the school, and so he pretty much drifted through school without reading much at all, and then uh, and was an amazing athlete. Well, he, you know, graduated and spent some time abroad as a missionary, and then he decided to get a degree. He got a degree in communications, but when he came to work with me. He said he had only read two books in his whole life. And he's like, I'm just not a reader. Well, that was just, so I just accepted that and, and didn't think much of it. Well, we started, me and a friend started another company. And this friend of mine said, well, what I want to do as part of our company and my culture is I want us reading a book together. So mm-hmm. as a company, we would read a book together. It's typically a book about success or mindset. And so this good friend who was working with us, was then now reading books yeah. and it was so amazing to see what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So this is someone in their thirties that had only read a couple books in their life and now is a voracious reader. He, he reads a lot. Um, he spends a lot of time reading the scriptures, which he really hadn't spent a lot of time doing. He spends time reading books that are in self-improvement. And now he's a father of uh, four beautiful kids and, and they'll grow up now seeing him as a reader. And yet, you know, six years ago, he would have said, I am not a reader. Yeah. So I guess my point is, whether it's you, your children, um, your older children, or, or even young children, um, there's never a time it's too late to become a reader and to get the benefits of reading. And whether that's just reading to your kids or reading together, or them reading on their own, or you reading on your own. There's clear benefits, and it's a great tool yeah. that we've both enjoyed as part of parenting. And I will add one thing to that, Joe, as, as we wrap up here, is is to, you know, like with a lot of things we've talked about, don't, don't beat yourself up too much. If you're having an exhausting day and you need to put on a movie so that the kids can stay out of your hair, that, that, that kind of thing happens, and it will continue to happen. Reading is something with my kids and encouraging them to read is something I just, I live by the philosophy. I just do my best. And some days we have really great days of reading and some days we need to throw in a movie or, or something like that. And, and it's okay. The temptation is to think, oh, I'm failing as a parent. If I'm not making my kids read for two hours a day during the summertime, but that's not the case. So just do your best. Don't beat, don't beat yourself up and, and you can always try again tomorrow working on those and on, the, on those things so anyway joe thank you for having this conversation with me and thanks to everyone for listening and we'd invite you to continue to subscribe and share this podcast and 
Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right, listeners. Well, we just finished up our podcast. And uh, as we were finishing, our partner, Jim, who runs our sound equipment, said, I really want to share a story with you. And this is a story that came to him as we've been talking about reading, uh, the importance of reading, and especially reading to your children. So I'm going to turn the time over to Jim and let him uh, tell you a beautiful story about reading to your children. I'm a father and a grandfather. I've been around a long time. There were books when I was a kid. They had just moved from the stone tablets to paper. (laughs) Um, But I have this memory. During the summer, when school was out, I was probably eight, nine years old, I would be, I can remember laying with my, my head in my mother's lap and she would read a book to me and just tickle my head with her other hand and run her fingers through my hair and read a book to me. And I can remember as a child how perfect everything was in that moment. There were no problems. There were no troubles. Everything was right. I have never forgotten that feeling of peace and comfort just being there with my mom as she read me a book. I haven't been that much of a reader in my life, but remembering that was something that caused me, whenever my kids or my grandkids bring me a book, even though I'm not much of a reader, I'll sit down and read a book to them. And most of the time, by the time we get to the end, they're pretty bored and they run off and do something else. But it's a sweet memory that has brought a great blessing to me. I think that's a beautiful story. And I I love that she was able to share something that had great meaning in her life with her children. And though you may not have become the reader she is, you clearly will never forget how you felt having your mom read and spend time with you. And I think it also creates a good point, which is the time alone with children. Uh, I have a a lot lot of children. It's hard to find time to be alone with them, but that would certainly be one practice you could have with your kids. Maybe one night a week with each kid, you sit in their room for 20 minutes and read them a book and hold them and and give them that comfort. I think that's a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing. We are so glad you could join in on the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous Intentional Parenting. You can find us on all the best podcast sites. Please subscribe and share. And be a part of the conversation by sharing your ideas, posing questions, and making suggestions. Drop us a line at fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. That's one word, fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. This segment was recorded and engineered by Jim Fugate. The music for this podcast was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alitu, the podcast maker. Find your own free music over at thepodcasthost.com slash free music.